I've kind of been avoiding the last couple of episodes talking about Lower Decks during the cold opens, because okay. I, I, I think we're probably going to try to do a special about that. Uh, I yeah, I, don't, I guess we haven't officially talked about it, but yeah, I figured we would. We should. But I, I don't want to talk about that really, because I feel like some of these episodes anyway are going to be coming out after that will be done, so I don't want to like talk about something that's going to be happening w- when it will have happened. But you, uh, you should write a time travel episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just I just watched uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow again last night, so I've got a lot of, you know, uh, who told you that? Well, you did tomorrow, you know. Um, but <laughs> I just wanted to bring this up because I thought it was odd that we still haven't gotten episode recording date, which was we're doing this in like very late August. We still have not gotten confirmation about when any other Star Trek show is coming out, which seems crazy to me. Is that real? Because I feel like a lot of them... Like, there's teasers for most of them now. But I guess they all just say something like, sometime in 2022. Uh, I know. I, I don't even think that's true. I think I think that both... I have to assume that we're going to go Lower Decks, Prodigy, Discovery, like, right away. Because I, I think that those actually... That those three shows have all been announced to come out this year still. Yeah, I think Discovery was, like, late 2021 was what they're saying. Like, there's, like, a short teaser for it that's been out now. Yeah, and and like there was a there was another teaser released for for Prodigy. Yeah, Pro- Prodigy has the teaser out now, which I'm I'm excited for Prodigy. I hope it's okay. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I hope. Oh yeah, it looks. Yeah, they just announced that they're casting um one of the John Noble from from Fringe as one of the bad guys, which is also exciting to me because he's good. He's really good in Fringe. See, even like Picard, because Picard season two has like the full trailer and everything too. Does that one not have a date yet? That one is just 2022, yeah. I don't think any of them have dates yet. But it's like, I do... We're kind of running out of 2021 if, if things are going to be coming out in 2021. Yeah, I think there's going to be 10 episodes of, of Lower Decks, which I think are going to be released weekly. There's been three so far. And so, yeah, so like it'll be like into, into October when that show is done. And then if you want to have both of those other two shows come out, you got to immediately go into one of them. Uh, but yeah, they still haven't yeah. announced anything yet. Um, Huh. Which I think is weird, but... Yeah, that is kind of weird that they're being... I'm really looking forward to them announcing something, and, and you have been texting me. <laughs> I've been doing, yeah, doing my little, like, live stream of watching Discovery Season 3, which I just finished last night, actually. Okay, yeah, so, um, what are your, what, real quickly, what are your... I mean, I think it's the, like, typical Discovery issues with me still. Like, I just, it seems like just not a, a super well-written show. I mean, like, I, I have, like, many kind of smaller things about season three that i could get into about like i feel like it is a very hard thing to do to like have future technology that like your characters are kind of like amazed and astounded by when your characters are already from the future like when it's all like made up sci-fi technology like from the perspective of the audience like the only reason I know that like programmable matter wasn't a thing when like replicators and holodecks were is because you're telling me that. I don't know. Yeah. And, and I feel like a, a property like Star Trek is probably the one that can pull that off because like it's fairly well established kind of like what the Star Trek technology is that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. So you can throw new things in there and we're like, okay, well, yeah, I knew that's not a thing they had. Yeah, I will say in, in fairness, they do that on the '90s shows too. Like when they introduce hologram communication um, in DS9, it's like a big deal. And like, there's a bunch of stuff in like early TNG. It's just Picard being like, 
man, hol- holodecks are pretty yeah, this crazy. Holodeck. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess. Although that's also bad, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess my main thing with it, which again, like you could say about all of the seasons of Discovery, is I get that you've like made the decision to, like instead of doing like adventure of the week episodic television you've decided to do like an overarching story arc over the course of a season but also i spent most of the season not knowing what that story was like i feel like you kind of have to do one or the other like if you're gonna tell like one story like it has to be a clear and well-told story and i never i don't think it ever was like it's just kind of like we're just doing the thing because this is the next thing we do but, like, you can't really see, like, where it's going or what they're trying to do or, or even, like, who the antagonist is for, like, most of the season. Like, she just kind of, like, shows up in the last two episodes. I don't know. I feel like it was... And- yeah, and it's like, I watched it earlier this year. And I'm, I'm kind of like, what happened? Like, but like that, that's kind of... And that's kind of how I felt. Less so with season one, but with season two and three. Like, by the time you I got to the end of those shows, I was just like, the plot is so twisty, but with, like, really not any real satisfying payoff that you're kind of like so how how did we get here like what what was the first episode about like yeah and like the pacing is weird and the things they decide to like spend a lot of time on they kind of like go from one thing to the next but not in like i get that like if you wanted to like you could make that decision you can say like i want to have like a 10 episode miniseries that like tells the story of this and there's i would imagine a way to do that where you kind of know what that story is and like have a beginning and middle of an end and like set it up at the beginning so you can know what you're going for. And, and I feel like it's just, it's not well paced and just kind of rambles and then eventually has a climax and is over. Right. Cause, cause you were talking about like the antagonist of the season and I was like, well, I think you're talking about the Orion. Yeah. One, right. But yeah. then she doesn't actually have anything to do with the, the burn, right? Like the, Right? No, like, yeah. Because, yeah, the, like, that's the, the other thing that's going on. Is, is that, that they're just yeah, like, like trying to. And, and, but even that, like, Michael is trying to find out why the burn happened, but you're never really sure why. Like, because there's no. There's never any, like, so that then we can, like, fix it or undo it or. It's just kind of like she, like, thinks it's important to know what happened or, like, where it came from and was, like, trying to track this down. But I, I, I was never totally convinced that, like, that was something worth striving for or that like would be a victory if we like or just like oh well it came from this one planet because of the psychic kid okay i will say in defense of that i didn't love this season i think this is the best season of the show but it's not still like not great but i think the reason why you want to know that is because like people have been afraid to use warp technology since because they they think that it could the happen. burn might happen again. And so if you find out it's because of like a psychic kid who got sad in a giant holodeck, if that's why and you take the sad kid out of the giant holodeck, then it won't happen again, you know, I guess. So like that's important, I guess. Yes. Then you can then you can use it again, you know. You yeah, can, and also like in doing so they find a planet where like dilithium grows naturally and so now they have a bunch of dilithium again at the end, but I don't think they expected that. The other thing about the show that I find kind of irritating is that it's always threatening to start. That's like I think also like a problem that I have with like the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, which I which I like. But um, Casino Royale is an origin story, and it ends with him saying Bond James Bond for the first time, and you're like, all right, he's here, baby, you know. And yeah. then 
And then the next movie is maybe the first time they've done a direct sequel to a James Bond movie. And so it's still kind of an origin story. And he's kind of getting revenge for his, his girlfriend dying in the last movie. And then that kind of ends with him being like, all right, time to get to work. And then Spectre suddenly, but then also Spectre ends with Julie Dench dying. And then like, and then we have like M and Money Penny and Q. Yeah, he comes into M's office and he's like, "All right, I'm ready to do some stuff." And he's like, "Yeah, great, cool." Like, <laughs> it's like you made a three movie origin story, you know? Like, and that's that's kind of what they're doing with Discovery too, where it's like, and now finally, like Burnham is the captain, and Discovery is going to start having adventures and exploring space. Yeah, and it's like, will they really? Because it's like, yeah, the first season, it's like, it's kind of a, a, how Michael got her groove back, you know, and, and like setting up like. And then it's just, it's like, oh, stuff's going to happen next season because we've got the Enterprise. And then, like, the Enterprise is like, then there was all that stuff. And it's like, all right, now we're going to the future, a new beginning. Yeah. And then, like, this, this this season is like, all right, we're in the future. And we spend and now, the whole time, like, trying to make sure there's a Starfleet again. Yeah, and, th- and then at the end, it's like, all right, a Starfleet. Like, we can go do some stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm sure you probably won't. Like, I'm sure that you this is not going to become just suddenly you guys doing Star Trek stuff. Like... Yeah, because I feel like you can say the same thing about Picard. It's like the first one is just like Picard is like getting his crew together and saving this girl. And then like the very end, it's just like, all right, now everyone's on the ship and we're going to go off into space to have an adventure. Yeah. And then from what the trailer looks like, it seems like then the next season will start with everything's been screwed up by like weird time cue alternate universe stuff. And so like we have to spend the whole season getting everything back to the way it was. So that we can start having adventures at the end. Like, I, I'm pretty sure every season of Star Trek from now on is going to end with, like, everybody on the bridge of the ship being like, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though, too, because the Picard and Discovery have the opposite problem when it comes to pacing. Because, like, Discovery's... Yeah. By the end of it, they, they throw so much stuff in there where you're just like, you're, you don't even remember what happened. And then Picard, it's like, all right, it's going to take us four episodes to get into space right right yeah the trek has not begun yet but um all that being said i did like there there were things i did like about this season i liked um booker was cool yeah booker Um, i I liked i thought they did a pretty good job of showing how the future was different like you know i think they had a lot of like little subtle things or subtle and not subtle things where it's like okay yeah like technology has definitely advanced I liked some of the characters in this, and I, I thought there were like a few good like moments that actually did land for me too. Because I, I, I think that Discovery is always just trying to like pull these huge emotional moments that generally yeah, like at least once per episode. <laughs> yeah, generally leave me pretty, pretty cold. But like, I really I did like uh, Admiral Vance quite a bit. The yeah, uh, he's cool. And I I really liked in the first I think it's the fir- end of the first episode. Oh, the guy who's been like sitting in the yeah, the guy's been sitting in the, the whole time. Yeah, and I was like that. That actually did make me like a little bit like verklempt when he when he like finally like meets someone from Starfleet for the first time in his whole life, and he's like actually gets to become part of Starfleet. I was like, that's like a really really cool idea, yeah, that was and I thought great. that they actually like executed that really well. And yeah, so like there's definitely like stuff in this one where yeah, I was like, oh yeah, like there's stuff. some. I think yeah, they like, more than any other season of Discovery did kind of like what I've always hoped they would do, where like you actually got to see the rest of the bridge crew like doing things from time to time. Yeah. Um, and like spend a little bit more time 
on them than the sort of background characters they've always been. Yeah, I I, de- I definitely remain convinced that this show would be better if this was a lower deck style show because like those guys just always seem very interesting to me. Um, oh yeah, there was something more like Jet Reno in this in this season. I liked I liked her a lot. And but anyway, yeah, I I, I you know we'll see. I'm kind of resigning myself not to like not to not liking the show, but like kind of appreciating for what it is. Yeah, I guess the main takeaway from most modern star trek for me has been like i feel like with good editing you could have made like a pretty good movie out of this (laughs) right like you could like this could have been star trek beyond i think at its best yeah which you and i watched uh just which we did recently i finally Uh, have seen yeah yeah it it i don't know i'm always curious to see what they're gonna do next but like you know i read something recently where they're kind of talking about how they have all these different ideas for Star Trek shows. They don't want to have too many shows going at once. Like I, th- I think that like they they want to, there to only be like I think as many as four shows mm-hmm. at, at once, which which totally makes sense. I don't I think yeah, that's probably yeah, no, a good idea. And, and you know they want to kind of run them quarterly, which I understand too. But like. Also knowing that I'm kind of like, well, how long are we going to do this then? Because like, <laughs> this is this is the best idea that you had. <laughs> yeah, this and this and Picard, like, and you know, granted, like, to be honest, like, I don't really know. I don't want to be a grumpy Gus, but like, it does still kind of feel to me like maybe that we don't have, we're not sending our best, you know, when it when it comes to to like people who are in charge of Star Trek right now because I am excited for like whenever Strange New Worlds comes out. I think that could be. That could be fun, you know. It, it's it all depends on tone, it could be. but like, it could yeah, it all depends on tone. But like, I like um, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy who plays Pike, I like him a lot. But Anson Mount, uh, but and I like I like like the aesthetic of the of like the the original series aesthetic that they have going on in, when you've seen those characters on on Discovery. Yeah, but, and even like when they show like scenes on the Enterprise, like I like the way they've very much kept the. I feel like stayed pretty true to the look of the original, but have like kind of like sleeked it up and made it look more modern and less like a set that was built in the sixties. So, yeah, but, but then that's going to come out eventually. And I'm kind of excited for that, but then, you know, to have, you know, one, one of the shows that is out right now be lower decks, which, which I think we both really like. And then, and then, you know, who knows what prodigy will be like, but then, but then the other two to be discovery and, and Picard. And then knowing that like, Probably the next show in the chamber after that is that Section Thirty One show, which like I love Michelle Yeoh, but like that does just not sound good. Like I mean, because I get the feeling the tone of that will be much more like Discovery than anything else. Yeah, yeah, um, but like kind of leaning into like all of like the really nasty dark stuff in Discovery yeah. that I think is my least favorite part of that show, and, and you know also potentially bringing back Ash Tyler, which like. No thanks, and like, like, kind of returning to the best actor from Discovery, but also like a lot of the worst impulses of Discovery, um, and, and probably also probably returning to like that prequel time period. Which I don't think the, the show any favors, and so yeah, I'm kind of like, how long is this going to go? But then I'm also like, well, what is it even going to come after it? And I don't want to be super super negative, and that's one reason why I'm so glad that that Lower Decks exists is because like then we can finally talk about like a new Star Trek thing, like and not be like that we actually get excited about. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see. All that said, let's talk about Deep Space Nine.
Uh, hi everybody! Love it. Uh, I'm so if glad you've been... it's back. <laughs> hi everybody! If you're if you're uh, if you're still with us, welcome to Auto <laughs> Contracts, uh, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. And I'm we'll, Ryan Howard. We'll find out how much of our own advice about editing we uh, decide to take. But yeah, I'm Brady Jungle. And uh, today, what we're actually here to talk about, uh, and I, I kind of strategically picked this episode to do this in because. I don't... Th- yeah, I think this episode can be summed up pretty quickly. Yeah, but uh, th- this episode uh, is is called Fascination. It's DS9 uh, Season 3, Episode 10, uh, written by uh, Iris Stephen Bear, James Crocker, and Philip Lazebnik, and directed by Avery Brooks. So the second uh, DS9 episode in a row that we've had that was directed by one of the cast members, because uh, Alexander Siddig directed the last episode. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the synopsis for this episode is Ambassador Luxana Troy visits the station to attend the Bajoran Gratitude Festival, resulting in an outbreak of passion throughout the station as people admit their secret feelings for others. So, this episode, I think, is a classic, a classic example of the Star Trek thing that I talk about sometimes, which is not good, but I did kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't think I really did. That's I think it was total. There's that's totally fair because <laughs> it was. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's I mean it's it's basically it's also like a very one note episode. Like basically the whole episode is just kind of everyone gets horny headaches and just like various people keep trying to hit on each other. We're part of the Kaleidoscope Media Network. You can check out our other podcasts on, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of it. Well, so I will say, in fairness to you, you are in good company because this episode is Armin Sherman's least favorite episode of DS9. Really? <laughs> yeah, which I think is a little harsh. I think we've probably watched some worse episodes of this. I can certainly think of some worse episodes of this show that we haven't watched. Like the one where Quark turns into a woman, or like the one with Spurgadoon in space. Like, there's there's definitely some worse episodes than this. But uh, it's not a well-structured thing. It, and I actually was thinking about this, because this is also, in addition to everything else that it is, it is a Loxana Troy episode. It's it's one, it's her second episode of three that she appears in, in yeah. um, DS9. And I, I love... But even her, uh, I was like, like, I love me some... Like pretty much any any Magil Barrett that appears on on Star Trek, yeah. But I feel like even she was kind of like disappointingly had like very little interesting to do in this episode. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you remember us talking about this, but we talked about this. I think back in the episode we did for Half a Life, where we were talking about how she is. I think the rare, the rare, rare, rare example of when a guest star comes on the show and you want the episode to be about the guest star. Because usually when that happens, it's not very good. But with her, it is good. And I think I said to you at that time, I think I'm actually, when we recorded that episode, it might it may have been not super long after I had watched this episode for my watch through. So I, I, might, I think I had this episode in mind when I was talking about it where it was like, she's this weird character where I think like, because she has like such a weird, like distracting energy that like, I think that the episodes that she's in that aren't about her are often 
not as good <laughs> as the ones that are about her. Yeah. And I think that that is true in this episode, too, because, like, she just is kind of hanging out in this episode, doing, like, some weird stuff in the side. And at the end, they're like, oh, actually, it was you the whole time. And then you're like, okay. And then the episode's over. You know, yeah. like, so it's, I, I think this is, again, like, not a good episode. The, the reason I do kind of like it is because I think that, like, a lot of the people in the cast are really giving some pretty, like, committed performances that are, like, committed to being, like, extremely goofy. And even, like, I, you know, we've talked before about how, like, Jake, not our favorite character, and, like, I don't even really necessarily want to ding Sarah Clafton for acting, because I, 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 I don't think he really gets a lot of compelling stuff to do. I don't think he's also, like, the best actor in the cast or anything like that. And I, and I, I will say I was inclined to view him a little bit more favorably after watching some child acting on the next show we're going to talk about. But, um, <laughs> but like, I think every now and then, Sarah Clafton, you know, when he's, when he gets to work in a comedy mode, I think gets some good stuff. And so like, you know, I still think like, I guess he does do the like very earnest, like kind of like not really straight man, but like doing funny things very earnestly. Yeah. Like type I, of thing. I, well, I think one of the the times I've laughed the hardest at any Star Trek episode is still in that in the cards episode, like when that guy asks Jake and Naga if if they want to die, <laughs> and, and then Jake's like, "Not really." Like, <laughs> like there's and there's a couple of things that he does in this episode where I'm like, "All right, that's some that's some good stuff that he does." <laughs> Which is like it's pretty funny, and it was like yeah, they should have they should have let Jake be funny more often instead of just having him be a moody teen or like get really into doing journalism but doing it in a really bad job and and that kind of a thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we have to we should take a long time talking about like the actual substance of this. So yeah, so essentially, I guess the plot is it's this yearly festival that is traditionally held by Bajorans where they it's a festival of gratitude. And one of the things they do is they'll kind of like write their, their cares or their worries or things on these little scrolls that they burn to kind of signify like a new beginning type thing. And so there's a whole bunch of people coming from all over to deep space nine that are mostly Bajoran, but also from other places to really kind of honor this and celebrate this festival. And one of the people who comes is Luxana Troy, who like has this, like essentially I guess has a crush on Odo, like had developed this relationship with Odo in her first episode that she was on and, and kind of spends this whole episode doing again, like, and it's always like her, especially, but I guess sort of with everyone in the space nine, it's always tough to tell with Lixwan and Troy, the difference between her just kind of generally like flirtatious outgoing manner. And when she like is really, attached to someone because she keeps kind of like attaches herself to Odo and is flirting with him and kind of trying to get this connection with him. But in a similar way that like she just sort of always does with everyone, right? Like when she would show up on TNG, she would flirt with Worf and she would flirt with Picard. And mm-hmm. But yeah, but has sort of more of a like actual, I think unrequited like feelings for Odo. So I, I can speak to that a little bit just because she's in, I think, three episodes of DS9, and uh, she kind of, I think that's one one thing I do like about this episode a little bit is even though she kind of is, it's a little repetitive, but like, this episode fits neatly into those three in that like, they kind of take her on this nice little mini arc between her, with her relationship with Odo. 
because I think she's somewhat fascinated by him because she can't read him like she can with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the first episode that that they're on the show together, there kind of are some things, I don't even really want to spoil it, but like where they kind of become much more emotionally intimate with each other than than either of them like would expect for various reasons. And so they do actually kind of have like this special bond that happened in the uh, in the first episode that she's kind of like picking up on there, you know? And and then, you know, she also is like I think something that kind of is an undercurrent with her is that like even though she is like generally speaking a very like happy, kind of outgoing person, like she also does I think experience like bouts of like loneliness. And then obviously you also find out that she's got some weird emotional things in this episode at the end because she's basically going through space menopause. Um, and so uh, seeing like where she um, is in the first in the first episode and then to this where she's kind of coming on to Odo too strong but then does realize toward the end that like, oh, okay, like I should back off because you actually have feelings for Kira. And then what happens in, their, in the final episode that she's on uh, on the show and on, and on the series in, in its entire, like the, the last appearance of Loxana, which is like a very, that's like one of those things. It's kind of like uh, the Times Orphan episode where there's like a really, really bad a plot, like a really, really historically bad a plot, and then, <laughs> and then like the the B plot is like more stuff with her and Odo, and it kind of like reaches like this climax and like a resolution that is like extremely sweet and like cool. And mm. so like that was another reason I was a little, a little willing to be like a little more forgiving to this episode is because I know what the episode that happens right before and right after this in her arc is. And it's like, it's all, it's all part of it. You know, it's, it's, it's all, it's all of a piece, but, um, but essentially kind of what happens as she's going around the ship is anytime anyone kind of like passes by her, interacts with her, you see them sort of like rub their head, like they're having this headache. And then they basically all the members of the crew start hitting on each other and getting very, they get very horny. Yeah, they get very, very, like, even for Deep Space Nine standards, very, very horny, very handsy, yeah. are kind of, like, all over each other, very passionate. Um, mm-hmm. And you, usually it's kind of, you get these kind of weird, like, love triangles or chains or things where, you know, the the Bajoran guy that has been in a relationship with Kira then starts... Vedic Burial yeah. is his name. He's he's been, he's on the show several times. He starts getting really attracted to Jadzia, and Jadzia like, wants nothing to do with him, but is very attracted to Cisco, and Jake is really attracted to Kira, and they all kind of like don't care about the person who's hitting on them, and then like have their own person that they're off chasing. And then just sort of like hijinks ensue for an episode of television, and at the end, the, like you said, you find out that Luxana has some sort of illness that they say, like, they make some comment that, like, only affects older Betazoid women. Space menopause. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that then kind of has this effect. Like, because she's telepathic and empathic, kind of, like, affects all those around her and makes them... But then they throw this this line in that, like, I don't know, made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> that, like, it's, like, people... Who you have some kind of latent attraction to anyway. Somewhere in your subconscious you did already have this like attraction or feelings for. Yeah. Which I feel like is like an unnecessary thing to color like every relationship on the show with. But I don't know. I, I didn't mind that. I, I thought that was okay. For me personally, I don't know. I think I think that was their way of explaining to why like 
why didn't it happen to Cisco, you know, like, or why, why were... Oh, that it's not just, like, a random, like, the next person you see or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah although it is weird because... I don't think he does this because he has some kind of a latent attraction to Dax, but Cisco does at one point sleep with the mirror universe version of Dax. And so I was like, that is kind of odd that he's that huh. he's the one who's not having any kind of like any which way. But I guess that would that would be like weirder, I guess, because then there's like the weird power dynamics of like knowing that like he has a crush on he's one of his subordinates or what or whatever. Yeah. Um But I think sort of the other excuse for that is that like in this one, like he's not interested in Dax because because she's a trill and he had like known Curzon Dax in a previous life and still yeah. kind of like thinks of her as this like old man mentor of his. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Anyways, and then the once again Miles O'Brien has his own B plot, which is I guess a little bit more relevant in this one at least. Um, which is well, that as part of this festival, like Keiko has come from Bajor back to Deep Space Nine for a short time, but it's going to have to leave again to go to Bajor. And it's kind of the, I feel like, pretty tropey thing of, like, there's the young, horny people who are all, like, in love and off doing, like, passionate things, and then, like, the couple that's been married for a while is just like, I just want to go to sleep, and then, like, are kind of, like, cranky with each other. Mm -hmm. And then he gets upset because he finds out that she's actually going to be staying on Bajor for longer than he thought. Yeah, like a lot, a lot longer. Yeah. And they kind of have this this fight of he wants to like be a good husband and like, you know, make his wife happy in that, but also like really wants to be with her and doesn't want her to be gone for a long time. And so they kind of fight and then end up he ends up essentially offering to resign on Deep Space 9 and go to Pejor with her because that's how like important it is for like her to keep following what she's passionate about and and that but also he wants to be together with her and then they kind of make up and have a happy ending with that well i gotta say i went on a real roller coaster with that b plot and only only after the episode ended did i realize like when the final reveal of that hits did i realize that i went on this exact same roller coaster the first time i watched the episode like when i was watching with my wife like during our watch through because one of my notes i have one of my early notes i have is I like Keiko except for when I don't, which is that, like, I think that I like the actress and I, I often like Keiko, but then, like, I think sometimes, especially on DS9, they kind of turn her into, like, <laughs> a huge nag. Like, like, like I, Yeah, I wrote a very similar thing that, like, I feel sorry for Rosalind Chow because, like, she yeah. seems very cool. And, like, I feel like I remember her being cool on when she on was TNG. on TNG, like, yeah. as her own character. But I feel like in this... Like, the times I've seen her in Deep Space Nine, they very much have, like, written her as, the, like, stereotypic, naggy wife that's impossible to please, and... Yeah, especially because, like, Miles is, like, usually... And Miles is this very, like, kind of, like, put-upon, like, henpecked husband type of... Who's, like, really just trying his best and is very sweet, but isn't really getting anything back, and... Well, yeah, I, I think especially, you know, this episode notwithstanding, like, Miles, I think, usually is also, like, one of the most relatable characters on the show and so like that mm -hmm. also is like one of the things that it doesn't always work but it's this weird thing where it's like he he's excited to see her she comes up and and she's kind of immediately like he's on his case that, yeah. you know like hey Miles, you know she's, she's doing that thing where she's like miles like that tone she has and then <laughs> and, and so you're kind of like okay like she's tired but that's fine and then, but then like they talk they have a conversation in like their quarters and like 
he, I don't think, really is doing anything like out of line at this point. She's kind of like sassing him, and he's like, yeah, just anything he says, like she gets like snappy, like he's like asks what she wants to do, and she's like, well, why do we always have to? Why do I always have to decide what we do? Why can't you decide? And he's like, okay, let's do this, and she's like, oh, I knew you were gonna want to do that, and gets, <laughs> yeah, and so you're kind of, kind of like, like no pleasing her type of, yeah. You kind of feel bad for him, but then, like, later on, they go to Quark's, and they're talking, and then basically she reveals that he's going to have to, that she's going to have to stay longer, and then he gets really mad at her, and then I'm suddenly not on his side at all, where I'm like, like, because he basically tells her, like, you need to not do this, like, or maybe we should, like, break up even, like, yeah, kind of, like, and you're like, you're kind of like, whoa, like, what the heck, and so at this point, I but I think I remember feeling this way the first time I watched it, too, where, like, midway through this conversation, I'm like... Oh yeah, well everyone else on the ship is getting way hornier, and so this must be part of that. And then then like they're fighting, but then like he does that thing where he offers to quit his job, which is like that's like very sweet, and you're like, oh, like that's what a nice thing to do. And so you, that that's cool. That but then at the very end, and then it's like, yeah, I actually wasn't affected by that thing. I was just being a huge dick. <laughs> like when like when when I when I told you that we maybe we should get divorced if you wanted to keep doing your plant job. Yeah. Like that that was just me. That wasn't that like everyone else gets a free pass for the way they act in this episode except for me. And I was like, why did they do that? Like they should have just at the end been like, yeah, and that was weird how we all got affected and by Lexana and that made us really mean. Like, yeah, I mean it's all like just do things and like not be ourselves. Yeah, but and, like lost inhibitions or whatever. Yeah. A very yeah, a very strange choice there, but um, yeah, that's just kind of weaving in and out of like the other the other stuff, and yeah, I mean the other stuff is it is basically what it is. It's like it's just kind of like a series of just like people. It's like not very good to talk about. Again, I do I am somewhat entertained by the actual occurrences of it. Like I think especially I like the the way that Jake is kind of pursuing uh, Kira in like kind of like this. Sort of like innocent, but also like way too overly familiar way where he keeps on calling her Nerese. He keeps calling her Nerese, yeah. And um, and, and everyone t- keeps telling him to, like I think both like her and as, I think like Captain Cisco also tells him to stop. He's like, don't say that, don't call her. Yeah, that. right. Yeah, and, stop doing uh, that. There's a scene where like she's like sitting at the replicant, and like he he like just juts his face into frame like nose first like like this is really really good and like there's a scene at the end too where actually i made kim rewind to to watch it where uh cisco is talking to kira and then like she leaves and then suddenly like sierra lofton like jumps into frame and is like perched on cisco's shoulders like a bird like like being like what did you say like what's this really good and like they, again like i think there's some similarly like funny stuff in the in the scenes where dax is going after cisco where he is like just not into it and he's kind yeah of he's like, like trying to talk to someone and she's like there, there's one where i forget who he's talking to and she's like standing behind him like rubbing his shoulders or whatever and like all you see are her hands yeah and he's just kind of like making these faces like huh like it's, it's almost like you might as well just be seeing him like kind of stick a finger into his like shirt collar and kind of like air it out a little bit yeah. like i cha cha you know this is this is getting out of hand you know and he <laughs> yeah. like at one point like he he immediately thinks something is wrong with yeah her i think the first her... like the very first time it happens he just like immediately like literally drags her to sick bay and makes the doctor check her out yeah, and she's like, oh, it's just a prank. You're being silly, you know? And, yeah, I don't know. It's just all light hijinks. And I, you know, again, it's it's very kind of unstructured and silly, but 
But I don't know. I, I appreciated that for what it was. I, I think that the thing that really doesn't that makes this episode not work so for me is just the weird out of left field like, oh, it was Loxana reveal at the end where it's like that that should have been more woven into the story. And then also I think that Yeah, because again, I feel like she just like like you were saying, most Luxana episodes are about Luxana and she didn't really have anything like to do in this one. Like she was just kind of in scenes in the same way that everybody else was, where it's just like she's just kind of like, "Oh, Odo, come back," and kind of like th- rushes off off stage as soon as she shows up. Yeah. Like she didn't really have much to do other than like be there as a plot point. Yeah, that that's actually some, that's actually some good physical comedy too, though. Like with the uh, Rene uh, Aubergine, I'm gonna keep on calling him that until I look up if I'm doing it wrong. I apologize, but. Um, I think he he does a good job in his scenes too. Where like there's that scene where she's dancing with him and he's just kind of like, I don't want to be doing this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of like dancing, dancing along like a, like a like a dead fish, you know. So I don't know. I I yeah. The, I think the reveal is kind of whatever, and then I think the way that the the O'Brien subplot ends, where you're just where at the end it's just kind of like, yep, I was just being a dick. <laughs> that leaves us a pretty sour taste in my mouth, but um, it's you fun. know. I didn't hate it by any means. Yeah. The only other thing I had written down, I I was going to ask you about the Vedic Baral. Baral, yeah. Yeah. Am I supposed to hate him? Cuz even even like before all the all the hijinks started and he started hitting Anjiti and that, like even those first couple scenes I was he was in, for some reason he just very much gave off a very like punchable vibe. Just like I just kept wanting him to shut up whenever he opened his mouth and yeah, i can't like he, quite place why but i don't know if that was on purpose or if that was just me he is the first or second of like a succession of like kira's very boring lovers okay. um he is he's actually somewhat important to the plot of the show in the first few years because he is like the lead reform vedic and he actually is up for election against Kai Wen, who is like the the big time like kind of conservative reactionary, mm-hmm. and um, she ends up beating him, and so he kind of becomes then this dissenting voice uh, in in the Bajoran government. But he's just kind of boring. Like I don't, I don't really know that I have any other like feelings about him other than that. Uh, just like Kira's relationships are not generally super interesting to me, and so I think maybe in the context of that, it can be kind of irritating. But like. I just don't really have a lot to say about that guy. Um, although the, okay. the, he, the the last, or I guess the second to last episode he's in, because he come, he uh, that character ends up dying, and then he then there's another episode that he's in after he's dead, because I think it's either like a mirror universe version or something else. Hmm. That episode I don't remember what happens in that episode, but then the episode where he dies, he does a quite a good job, and like that's that's a pretty kind of kind of a harrowing episode. Uh, but then I would say beyond that, I don't really have a lot of feelings about about Vedic Pryle. Um Okay, you know, and then yeah, he he definitely he definitely is like the biggest nerd kind of like this is how you're trying to attract Dax. You know, like, like, like he, he definitely seems like he's, he's like the least smooth out of all of the ways people are trying to, to win their, their, lo- their love in this episode. I mean, but, he's, he's him or, or Jake, I guess it's probably a bit of a toss up. Yeah. But Jake, Jake is, I don't know, Jake is very sincere at least, you know? That's <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have anything else either. I, I, I always like it when you see a, uh, Ferengi wearing a Bajoran earring, which Quirk is doing in this episode. So I was happy about that. Um, I- I'm going to actually set up a little parallel between this episode and the next episode, which we're going to, which we're going to watch, which is that like, I always really enjoy when you see 
people in Star Trek having fun doing something that would never be fun to do in real life, um, and which is brought to you in this episode by one of like the the kind of the wide shots when they're showing the Bajoran Gratitude Festival. There's all these like per- there's a lot of, of sh- juggling. I feel yeah, like. there's a lot of, there's a lot of like street performers, you know. Yeah, and and, and so one person just has like a silver soccer ball that he's just kind of like rolling on his arms, but like not really in a very impressive way, like in a way that I could probably do. And I'm just like, <laughs> what is his job? Like, what is he? What's his story? What's he doing? Like, what? Like, is that a is that a, a big thing that you know? Anyway, there's something that's going to happen in next week's next time's episode where there's a similar thing where I'm just like. <laughs> why is anyone doing this you know like like uh but um uh, i mean that i guess we'll save it for next week yeah you could you uh, could argue that about just like why why is this episode made yeah <laughs> the, the only other thing i have for this one though is one running joke i really like in ds9 is like the insinuation that Morn is like the world's most interesting man because one of the things you do in the Bajoran Gratitude Festival is you write down all of your regrets on oh yeah on like a piece of paper and then you burn it and then yeah Morn has like placed a, a large a large amount of regrets into this fire and and kind of has been talking to off screen has been talking to Dax about it you kind of see her consoling him and being like you know you you sure have a lot of regrets you know like just but just kind of just like the the idea being that like. He's really living a life, you know, like which is which yeah. is funny because like you always only see him. You just never see it on the show. In the bar, he never he never speaks. You know, his name is his name is like a an anagram for Norm from Cheers, and you know, just the yeah. It's just it's just very funny to to me that they're just kind of like, oh no, he's he's a real player. Like he just we just don't ever see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for everybody for listening to this episode. Uh, we come on every other week, so in a couple Sundays we'll be back with uh, a season one. TNG episode. Um, it's called Justice. It's TNG season one, episode eight. Um, so I think there's a little bit of discrepancy there. So just watch whichever one is called Justice, um, or don't. It's not very good. Yeah, but you, you could not. <laughs> um, but uh, you can come back, and we'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. You can. Email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows that are on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network, which we are a part of. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. There's That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And there is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So check any of those guys out if you're if you're interested in any of those things. They're good listens. And we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, everybody. Bye.